Hello, I'm Logic Editor Christine Killian. Thank you for listening to Logic On Demand. In this episode, I spoke with Del Ross, Chief Revenue Officer of Hotel Effectiveness, about the post-COVID housekeeping model and how technology is evolving the ways in which hoteliers staff housekeeping departments and service rooms. I'd love to hear from your perspectives, kind of like the keys that the key ways that the pandemic has really altered the housekeeping model and will likely continue to do so in the future. Sure. So the industry uh, has always really appreciated the housekeepers um, because they're, they're critical. They're mo- they're the, we have more people in the housekeeping departments of hotels than any other department. Um, it's by far the most, uh, the largest number of employees. But I think that this was brought into new focus in, during the pandemic. First, we got rid of everybody, right? We, we eliminated stay over uh, cleans, which is that, you know, during a stay that, that, well, our industry knows what the stay over cleans. We eliminated those uh, at the, the height of the pandemic because guests didn't want the, us in the rooms and our, our team members didn't want to go into the rooms. Um, those are coming back, but it made us think differently about that because um, we've now got this bit of a battle brewing between owners who really like the efficiencies of eliminating a stay over clean and the, uh, the brands who are worried about competitive pressure from alternative lodging and brand integrity. And then the operators sitting in the middle saying, look, somebody's got to clean the room. So <laughs> you just tell us what to do. So it's, that's kind of interesting right now. And I think that, that um, conversation is still happening and we'll see where things shake out. Um, the other stuff that's changed <clears throat> is wages. Um, wages for housekeeping, like all guest facing wages, like almost every service industry have increased enormously. We have a unique burden in our industry in that housekeeping is a fairly hard job. And we've recognized this last year, we, we hired tons of new people in the industry, mostly in housekeeping, and most of them quit within a few weeks. Um, we had a huge turnover problem. We have to remember that people don't take jobs and stay with us because they want to clean rooms. They do it because they want they buy into the mission of hospitality. And they what we've been reminded of because of COVID is the importance of sharing the purpose that we serve as much as it is the, the jobs that we do, right? That we really need to think about onboarding and development of our people, even for these entry-level very um, you know, rudimentary task jobs. We run on those jobs. Those are critical to us. And if we don't pay rent to the fact that those people need to feel like they're part of something bigger and better, then they're just going to look at this job and they're probably going to be hard to keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other ways do you anticipate that this pandemic will really have a lasting impact on how housekeeping is approached in hotels? The, the, so I mentioned stay over cleans. The market will take care of the stay over clean issue. I think that the combination of guest expectations and pressure from um, Airbnb and, and alternative lodging will help resolve that. Um, so we think that'll probably be resolved one way or the other. For us, it's a math problem. I can get into that a little later, but um, it's, that should be pretty straightforward. There will be changes. <clears throat> what those are will be, you know, we'll see. Uh, The other big changes are going to be this focus on efficiency and productivity. We're coming out of a period of time where every hotel used, they they scheduled like last week. 
right? They're, they scheduling was like, I have my weekend schedule and I have my weekday schedule and I always do the same thing. And in a market where demand was incredibly predictable and pretty reliable, that wasn't terrible. It meant you were probably staffing for the highs on, uh, in general, but you, we could tolerate that. And low wages helped as well. When we were paying housekeepers eight fifty dollars an hour, we could afford a little bit of waste here and there. Um, well, now, Housekeepers are being paid that the national average is 50 to 80% above where it was a couple of years ago, which is incredible. Um, and they're hard to keep, which means the cost of that is even higher. Uh, and we need to pay attention. Like we can't afford a few extra hours of housekeeper if we don't want to blow our productivity, mm -hmm. um, blow, blow, blow our profitability. So we get this focus on efficiency, get the right people working at the right times. That's more important than ever, which means it has to be dynamic. You have to flex your staffing levels with the demand, with the occupancy. The other thing is we'll focus on productivity. So the, we invest in labor. We have a massive investment in labor. The return of in, on that investment is measured in productivity. How many rooms did you clean to standard? How many rooms are clean to, this, to the expectations of your quality uh, guidelines and your guest expectations? And, and over what period of time? We have to hold people accountable for these standards and productivity, and we have to constantly be striving for better. We got away with this in the past by just sort of, you know, thinking, okay, we kind of know how many, how many minutes it should take to clean a room. We kind of know that these guys are doing okay. Well, that's not acceptable. We need to know how we're performing by department, by associate, and very importantly now, we need to know how our contractors are doing. Contract staffing is critical in almost every market today. They're providing the, that stopgap um, uh, staffing that we just can't find. Well, contractors generally, the contracting firms used to invoice every month and the, you'd find out then how much you labor you bought. That's not acceptable. We can't afford that. And we need to hold contractors accountable for the productivity expectations we have for our full-time people. Can't do that if you're not measuring it. So I think that we're going to see this we are seeing this big focus on productivity and, and accountability that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what are some of the strategies for building in efficiency into that model in a way that not only benefit, benefits the operators, but also the staff who are having to kind of take on more, especially during this, during a shortage of labor? So a couple of things. First, got to stop scheduling like last week. Abandon the old school, everything's going to stay the same forever model. It's not true. We have to recognize a dynamic, volatile world requires a dynamic strategy. So we need to stop doing that, right? The, let the math be your guide. Let the, uh, the demand be your guide and let that connect directly to your staffing model, which means that the number of, of people I have in the hotel working this Tuesday may be very different than last Tuesday and still different from next Tuesday based on what I'm expecting to have in-house. I know that sounds obvious, but it hasn't been for, for, for decades, maybe longer in our business. So get rid of, stop scheduling like last week. Second, it's more important than ever that we cross-train our team members. We have more people certified for more roles because we want to make sure we're not over-hiring in any one area. And with the scarcity of labor, competition for labor, we want to be able to have somebody who today works in housekeeping, tomorrow might be working in a maintenance capacity or in a, in a banquet capacity or something like that. We need that flexibility because we need to in, increase the, the, the frequency and we can use our own people to staff the hotel the way we need to. That's really important. 
the same time, those uh, owners and operators that <clears throat> operate multiple hotels in a given market, they need to start pooling the labor, stop treating each hotel as a separate disconnected entity and start looking at ways to leverage the availability of talented, skilled, trained people in one hotel for the needs of another hotel, right? This is a hugely important thing. It was almost never done pre-pandemic. Now the leading companies in the space are doing this. They're leveraging scale in a whole new way. So that's huge. Finally, we want, we think that we need to re-examine some of the sacred cows of the industry. This would be things like the, the times that we start shifts, like housekeepers show up on weekdays at 7 a.m. or something like that. If we really look at those things, they're not driven by anything other than precedent, anything other than tradition. There's not really a strong reason for that. And that's actually hurt us when it comes to recruitment and retention, because in a COVID era, when you never know if there's going to be a lockdown or people have to do, go back to virtual school, well, parents may not, may not have the ability to uh, just come to work when their kids are at home. They may have, have, have to be shuffling around daycare, or they might just have to drop their kids off at school. So we need to be sensitive about shift start times and finding out, like posting shifts based on when our team members can work, not just because we always start them then, right? That matters a lot. Um, just quick factoid, um, one of the key drivers of, of housekeeping attrition is that 30% of attrition comes from housekeepers who can't get 40 hours a week. Sounds nuts, we're, we're starving for housekeepers, but it has to do with when they can work and when we want them to work not connecting. Mm -hmm. Flex that and we can give them 40 hours and they're less likely to quit after a few weeks of frustration. That's really important. Um, I do have one more thing. I was thinking about three, but there's the other thing is that contractor productivity. We need contractors in almost every hotel. We've got some need for augmenting our staffing. In some markets, it's most of your staffing, especially for housekeeping. Well, we need to hold those, account those, those contractors accountable. We need to track their hours as if they were working in the hotel. We need to track their clean rates and their, their productivity and, and make sure that we are reconciling that. Hotels that are doing that today, they're actually finding huge savings when they go and reconcile the invoices at the end of the month. And they're finding, hey, you know what? We track the hours you work. There's 10 hours difference between what your invoice is for and what we actually saw. Not only that, but these associates you sent to us are fabulous. We want them back every time. These other associates, they didn't quite make it. Either they need to improve their productivity or we don't want them back. That kind of conversation didn't happen before, not regularly, and needs to happen more. And if it does, there's going to be rich rewards in the near term. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you see technology and automation continuing to evolve this housekeeping model? Well, a lot of what I've described involves something that um, is, can be challenging for the hotels, and it's, it's math. Um, we are a people-powered business. We attract people who love people and love serving people. Um, it's, it's why people join the industry, and it's why they stay. But that doesn't always mean that it's we're attracting people who love math. And what I've described is kind of an exercise in math, right? Connecting the, the projected volume of guests with your staffing labor standards, putting those together and coming up with a schedule. So technology plays a very important role there. It does the math. It does the, 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 that back of the office calculation for you and then tells you what you need and gives you a very easy solution to go and create a schedule so that somebody who loves serving the guests, loves their job, doesn't love math or computers, can create a perfect 
math-driven, algorithm-driven schedule and staffing plan without ever having to, to do any of that. They just to, to see what's in front of them and says, hey, you need 23 hours of, of housekeeping next Tuesday. Here's your available labor, do, go, right? And oh, you still need to find five more hours, right? Really simple. That's something that will happen. People are doing that. Same thing with productivity tracking, right? We don't have time to follow people around with a clipboard and, and a stopwatch and, 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 and monitor everything that happens, but the data is there. We can gather it, we can calculate it and have really good discussions that are data-driven with the best people in our business and the people who need a little help and have a conversation, not about, hey, you need to work harder, but hey, we've looked at this. Let's go watch the way you clean this room. And we're going to find that, you know what? You could save some time if you follow these steps a little differently. That matters a lot. Again, the data is there and technology is what brings it up to the front and lets us know where's the opportunity. What do we need to do there? Um, last year, when we saw this great leisure surge, we call it revenge travel 1.0. Um, we saw in our industry that most hotels had to keep some rooms offline because they couldn't clean them, right? Uh, vacant, dirty rooms were costing our, our hotels millions and millions of dollars in what should have been the best time of year. And, and for many of them, it still was a great time, but they were closing anywhere from one to 10 rooms a night in, in many cases because they, they had the demand, but they couldn't clean the room, right? Um, that's not acceptable. And going into Revenge Travel 2.0, the 2022 leisure season, it's coming up in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. We have to, we can't afford that. We need to make sure that every room that, that we can sell is available and is cleaned. If we don't adopt these smart data-driven strategies, it's going to be hard to do that. And that means that hotels that are measuring their success in RevPAR will be at a disadvantage if they're using old school methods instead of technology-supported, math-driven, algorithm-driven staffing methods. Um, they just won't be able to sell the rooms because they're not clean. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so as hoteliers are kind of rethinking how they're servicing rooms, what advice do you have for them? What are your kind of biggest takeaways? Look, the guest is always first, right? A lot of these questions about, you know, do we need to clean the room during the stay uh, or not, the guests are going to tell us what they need. I think the expectations are high when people return to travel after a long break from traveling, especially for leisure travel. Their, their expectations are high. Last year, we kind of got away with some subpar service levels because people were grateful to be out of the house. This year, I think it's going to be harder. So we have to get the staffing right in order to deliver the service that the customers demand. If we don't, there are a lot of alternatives out there to traditional hotels that look more and more attractive to if the guest can't get what they're looking for in a hotel. We have to know this. So when it comes down to servicing the rooms, let's think about how do we do this? What is the right standard, right? How am I performing? Like I may think I'm doing a great job with productivity, but if I'm not comparing my portfolio, my hotels and my team's performance against others like me, I may be wrong, right? So we have to use benchmark data the, you know, what's the average clean time for a Hampton Inn? And how does that compare to my Hampton Inns? And if I'm doing, uh, if it's taking me longer, I should have a good reason for that, or I should strive for better. And if I'm doing better, then, hey, this is an advantage I can exploit. How can I spread this across my portfolio and make this an advantage to my owners, to my investors, 
and be able to grow faster than my competitors who haven't quite caught up with that. A lot of this, again, points to what I talked about before, math. We have to embrace math, not hire people and train them to do math, but let them make data-driven, math-driven decisions that are automated through technology. This is a human business. It's a people-powered business, and, it, and it's going to be for as far as any of us can see. But we don't have to be limited by the, the, the strengths of you know, making everybody a math wizard. We can let technology substitute for that and let people be great at what they're great at and let the, the, the technology uh, fill the gap and make them look brilliant at the stuff that you know, they kind of don't like to do, which is like dynamic staffing models, productivity tracking, um, uh, overtime warnings and things like that. Bill, are you telling me that people don't like math? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not telling you that. Yeah, I guess I am. I'm telling you that people don't like math um, because it's just kind of true, especially in our business. And you know what? That's fine. One of the reasons why people come to our industry, one, one of the reasons why we have guests who love staying in hotels is because we love people, right? Mm -hmm. We love people. We think that people are great and we love bringing a smile to someone's face um, when they're staying with us, when they can't stay in their own house and in their own place of living and they, they were giving them this warm, comfortable, friendly place to stay. We love that, right? So we don't want people to just be sitting there with calculators in their pockets, right? Going around doing math problems. But we also want to make sure that, you know, this is a business and it's a kind of an unforgiving business now. So we got to get it right. And so many of these staffing decisions have to make us have to be good at math and technology allows us to kind of fake it, which is yeah. good. Absolutely. Great. Well, Dell, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think is important to add about post-COVID housekeeping model and how technology plays a role? Look, the only thing I'll say is that hotels need to be prepared to re-examine the way they've done things forever. Be just because something worked for the first 20 years of your experience in the industry does not mean it will work going forward. We have to challenge the past, especially since our competitors and our alternatives are absolutely exploiting any weaknesses that they see, right? We, we just can't be satisfied for this, the status quo and assume everything will revert. If COVID has taught us anything, is that you can't rewind the clock. You can't go back in time and put the, push the genie back in the bottle. Um, you can't, we might want to, it's not going to happen. Well, if we don't all adopt the new realities of very high wage workers, right, complete intolerance for inefficiency and, pro, and, and poor productivity, if we don't embrace that, we probably should go ahead and sell the hotel to someone else because Otherwise, we're going to be at a huge competitive disadvantage and we're going to be digging our way out of a hole for years. So I know that's very dour, but those that do this right are poised to have the most profitable years they've ever seen in the industry. And, and we're seeing this today. The largest management companies, the, the professional third-party managers, they're doing this now, right? This is why the big guys are growing. The smaller guys who are learning this lesson, they can compete. The other ones, they're going to have a tough time. So we're rooting for everybody. Um, and of course, we're really happy to help. Our, we do a lot of the automation I've described. A lot of what I've talked about, people can do it themselves if they really like it. They're among those who do like that. But um, for everybody else, we'd love to talk to them. Yeah, great. Well, Dale, thanks so much for your time and insights today. I really appreciate it. This has been very informative. Thank you so much. My pleasure, absolutely. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. 
If you want more content like this, subscribe to Logic Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Logic On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Logic Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, or visit us at logicmagazine.com.